Welcome into the Cougar Tailgate, where BYU fandom lives. Here's your host, Lauren McClain. What's up, Cougar Nation? Lauren McClain here with Cleon Wall, and we're doing what we do best, talking all things BYU Cougars. Here's what's coming up on the show today. The BYU Batcats heavy hitter Austin Deming comes in studio to talk about overcoming injury, wrapping up his senior season, and which team he'd want to be drafted to in his ideal world. Plus, sophomore wide receiver Chase Roberts breaks down his success from his first season as a Cougar and what other guys from his position group to look out for and which hairstyle he's picking for his debut in the Big 12. But first, expansion, expansion, expansion. It's all we hear about in the current college football landscape. And talk of the Big 12 wanting to swipe some Western teams from the Pac-12 is hot off the press. So we're going to have some fun with it, the Bachelor style. Cleon, how many times have you watched The Bachelor or Bachelorette? Oh, my. Be honest. Uh, (laughs) I remember when it first started, but I didn't really watch any episodes. And then there was one year where my wife and I watched the entire season. It was The Bachelor, not The Bachelorette. It was The Bachelor. And I felt like I was yelling at the TV the whole time saying, what are you doing? (laughs) Both sides, both, you know, The Bachelor and The Bachelorettes. Okay. It kind of drove me nuts. Um, I really haven't watched it since then. I've just pretty much just watched snippets. Um, It's it's really interesting. I look at most of these people, you know, they go on this show. They're not trying to find true love. I think I finally realized that they're just looking for their 15 minutes of fame. (laughs) How long did it take you to realize that? Uh, Probably way too long. I'm sorry. I guess I'm gullible. (laughs) Anyway, I I can't believe how much the contestants are followed around on this show. You know, after the show's over with, I should say, like years later, I I see like something pop up uh, like on social media or whatever. And it's just like so and so from season whatever of The Bachelor is finally married to so and so. And I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. So whatever. A few gals, me and a few gals from my neighborhood started watching it uh, this past season. And after I'd say three episodes, my 70 something year old neighbor was like, yeah, I'm too old for this. And I'm like, you know what? I'm too old for this too. I'm not going to do it anymore. But anyway, we're going to have some fun with it today. It's a story that just won't go away. And you can blame the lack of Pac-12 media deal on the most recent news. Sports Illustrated's Ross Dellinger reported that the Big 12 is ready to pounce if things don't turn out well with said deal. The Big 12 is also interested in a couple other teams not in the Pac-12, but ones that could add value to the conference geographically and athletically. So it's now time for the Bachelor Big 12 edition. The Big 12 is the Bachelor, of course, but Cleon and I are standing in as representatives for the Big 12. We won't be handing out roses to the teams we want to join the conference, but we will be handing out cougar tails. Let's now go through each of the Bachelorettes to see if they receive the cougar tail from us or not. We can only keep five. The first one, Cleon, is Utah. It's BYU's frenemy who doesn't want to be in the conference, (laughs) but may have no choice. You've had good times and you live near each other. They are really attractive because of the rivalry, consistency, trips to the Rose Bowl. But do you really want someone who doesn't want you? Go ahead, Cleon. Yeah, I want it all back. Uh, if I'm mm-hmm. even if I'm a BYU fan, yes, I want it all back. I I want the rivalry back. I I like having it in my life. I don't like it when BYU and Utah are far apart. But not only that, I think it brings <laughs> <laughs> I think it brings a lot of uh, cachet to the Big Twelve too. I mean, they they could come in, um, and they would be you know once Oklahoma and Texas leaves, they could at least be maybe not the behemoth when we're talking about like media wise, but at least football wise, they would be yeah. one of the best teams in the conference, and so. Yeah, I want I want all of that back. Maybe that changes with if Kyle Whittingham retires or when he leaves. But I mean, yeah, I want that all, and I want BYU to be a part of it too. You got to let go, Cleon. 
You just got to let go. I'm going to say no. I want the Big 12 to be BYU's thing for a while. I want new rivalries. I want to look to the future, not live in the past. They had a good thing before, but it just seems like both parties want to move on. Utah, I'm sorry. It's not you. It's me. You will not be receiving a cougar tail from me, and I know you disagree with me, Cleon, but alas, there it is. Real quickly, all I would say is, you said new rivalries in the Big 12. Is that kind of like the new rivalry where, uh, you know, between Utah and Colorado, which is the next team we're talking about? <laughs> that new rivalry? Okay, go ahead. No, sorry. it's going to mean more. It's going to be so different. <laughs> um, all right, the next one is Colorado. This is another attractive neighbor that doesn't live far away. They haven't been great in football, which is like saying they're attractive, but not <laughs> great conversationalists or are somehow awkward. Plus, they used to be married to the Big 12 and then spurned them for a good-looking West Coast neighbor. But things are different now with Deion Sanders and, and turning the place into primetime place. Do you really want them back? Oh, I, I, I'm like, if, if I'm the Big 12, I'm like a little hesitant. But on the other hand, it's just like, well, we we, we did we did well <laughs> before. So let's give it a yeah. try again. I, I, I mean, really, Colorado has nowhere else to go. It's either going to be the Pac-12 or the Big 12. There, there's. Right. I, I would be surprised if they go somewhere else. I mean, I guess the Big Ten could invite them, but I, I, they're still pretty. I they, they're still pretty attractive, and and plus, you know, um, they're the big team there in Colorado. Yeah, and I said sure. Uh, you're definitely not my first pick, Colorado. So don't get cocky. Big Twelve Commissioner Brett Yormack is all about entertainment, and as long as Deion Sanders is at the helm, since he is pure entertainment all by himself, Colorado could be a good fit. Obviously, geographically, it makes sense to include the Buffaloes to bring in another big market, and I like that. It'd be a place. That would be easy to travel to for BYU fans. So, yeah, let's make it official. Please accept my cougar tail. Um, let's go with Arizona, someone who reportedly really wants to marry into the Big 12 because the Pac-12 doesn't really pay enough attention to them. They are looking for love, hopefully in all the right places, and hoping someone will appreciate them for their basketball. Cleon, Arizona, yay or nay? I'm going to say yes just because of the basketball you know, portion of mm-hmm. it. The, it, mm-hmm. it. the Big 12 is a great basketball conference. They're a good to great basketball team. So yes, yes, yes. Please invite Arizona in. They've had some good football teams too in the past. It's just been a while, but they can recruit sometimes pretty good there. And so yes, let, let's bring the Wildcats in. Even if they're not good at football, they're good at basketball and that's enough for me. Agreed. Give me an 85 degree fall football game any day. Their basketball team is fantastic year in and year out. So I say, let's do it. I'm with you. And which brings us to their rival, Arizona State. This is the hot person in the hot climate that never seems to be as great as you think they should be. Or they think they should be. So they, they too, may want marriage. But it may be a marriage of convenience. Cleon, Arizona State, yay or nay? I, even though it may be a marriage of convenience, I say yes. Uh, I love that rivalry between Arizona and Arizona State, so let's keep them together. I'm with you. I love that rivalry. Let's say yes to Arizona State. Here's an interesting one. San Diego State. This school really wants to date someone that is better looking, and they improve their personality by making it into the NCAA basketball title game. Plus, they're in California. They are begging. But do they need to? Cleon, what do you think? San Diego State. Yes. I'm going to go for San Diego State. I I guess I just have this nostalgia for old Mountain West teams. And I like San Diego State, even though sometimes they don't like BYU, at least when it comes to basketball. I would say football too. But there's just something there. I I like that they're in California. I like that they could be, if if they're the only ones invited to the Big 12, I like that they would be a nice uh, West Coast partner uh, for BYU. And there's just a lot of nostalgia there. And I think that Brett Yormark so, so, so wants to have the West Coast in there. And I thought, I, I think that they would be a perfect team. You know, take Oregon and Washington out of the mix. I don't think they're going to join the Big 12. So I'm going to say, yes, yes, let's go with San Diego State. 
It's a yes for me. Their football teams and men's basketball teams have been stellar for the past decade, and they deserve to be in a better relationship. I think the Mountain West is out of their league when it comes to San Diego State, and the Big 12 would be a great fit. Plus, their student section, the show, they're super annoying. But I think they'd be really fun <laughs> to banter with all year long. SCSU, please accept my cougar tail. UNLV, let's head on over to Vegas. The school is just begging to receive a cougar tail. Yeah, their football isn't great. Their basketball team hasn't been great for at least a decade. But everyone likes Vegas. Do you really need to be married to them, though, Cleon? What do you think? I would say no. You know, I want UNLV to be successful. I keep thinking that in football they're going to be successful. But something, it, it just doesn't come together for them. They're in a great climate, in a great place. Everyone seems to like Vegas, except for football recruits. None of them seem to like to go there. Yeah. So they're attractive, they're nice to look at, but really nothing else. Listen, I love me a nice little trip to Vegas every once in a while to see a game or a show, but how many marriages that happen in Vegas actually last, Cleon? You know what I mean? The Rebels are a decent Mountain West Conference team, and I know Vegas is a huge market, but I don't think they'd be a good fit for the Big 12. Brett Yormack would probably disagree with me because I'm sure he's dreaming right now about what he could do entertainment-wise in Vegas, but uh, I'm, I'm going to say no to UNLV. All right, Colorado's sort of rival, I guess, Colorado State. Uh, would it be great to have Colorado's twin? Sure, they've never been that close when it comes to popularity, but two has to be better than one, right? Cleon, what do you think? I like the old MWC teams. I like Colorado State, but I just don't think this is a good fit. I, I think it's bad because Colorado is kind of the behemoth in the conference. Colorado State is the, is the little brother. Do you really want to just invite the little brother to make the numbers work out? I would say no. Nah, yeah, the Rams were one of the bottom teams in the Mount West Conference last season. They haven't been good in a long time. I think the addition of Colorado would be enough to secure that market, and the Rams just aren't that attractive to me. We got two more. Let's head on over to Tennessee. Memphis, married to someone in SEC country? We could possibly go for that. On the other hand, Tennessee is the full package. Looks, brains, personality. What's Memphis? Sounds like someone who is begging for attention. <laughs> Cleon, what do you think? Uh, I would say no. From afar, they look good. But the closer you get, mm. you start to see all the warts. They might be a bit desperate, too. They're probably like, please invite us. Please, we, wa we want that cougar tail. Just let us in. I, I just think it, the, the desperation is too great, so I would say no. They're too Disagree. They're too clingy. Disagree. <laughs> oh, I, I nope, nope. You know I love the state of Tennessee. My son's name is Memphis. It's a yes for me. Memphis has a solid program in, in all their sports, especially football and basketball. Plus, who doesn't want another Miami Beach brawl? Remember that? Oh, yeah. The oh, yeah. Days? Yeah, uh, yeah. Good yeah. times. We could bring that back. <laughs> uh, let's not do that. All right. Our last one is UConn. They are not sure if they want a cougar tail. They're happy with the basketball national championships and dominance in the Big East. But maybe they'll listen because... They could get a lot more prestige and cash if they joined up with one of the best basketball conferences in the nation. Who cares about football? But why should they join the Big 12 if they are already on top of the heap in basketball, Cleon? I think they need to follow their heart when it comes to basketball. <laughs> Stick with basketball. Aww. Join a lower cor conference for football. Or maybe just get rid of football. Maybe become a. Yeah. Maybe be you know go to one one of the lower divisions, or maybe just get rid of football. Football's really expensive. You know, football's not everything. Of course, some people might say it's the main thing. Yeah, I disagree. Uh, but for me, it's just too far away. I think we have enough long-distance relationships in the Big 12. I think they go for it because of how much money they receive. Honestly, they have, they have probably been, uh, there's probably been conversations with all these teams for them to mention them by name. I could be wrong, but that's just my guess is that they've had conversations. UConn would be amazing to have for basketball, but I'd rather have someone a little more well-rounded. So sorry, UConn. It ain't for me. 
All right, Cleon, BYU has a new quarterback, new running back, new offensive lineman, and even some new wide receivers. But they also have a potential star wide receiver returning if he can stay healthy. Chase Roberts looked fantastic in that Baylor game last season. You know, Puka Nakua, Gunnar Romney, they weren't flanking him in that game. So can he replicate that for a whole season? I talked with Chase at the end of spring practices and asked him about the vibe of the team before heading out for the summer. I felt the energy, you know, was different. I think it was brought by the new defensive coaching staff and the way the defense played and it rolled over into us as an offense, just bringing energy every play. You know, guys wanting to prove themselves and, and be able to make the, the squad for fall. You played with Jaron Hall the past two seasons. Should be past season, right? Yeah, yeah you played with Jaron Hall the past season. Yeah. Uh, now you have Keaton Slovis. Mm-hmm. Um, What's your assessment of, of your of your new quarterback? There's definitely not a drop-off, you know, at quarterback. And I think Keaton is such a talented guy when it comes to his poise and his accuracy. Um, and I think there's there's some differences between Jaron and Keaton, but um, nothing to where we're worried or, you know, that we'll drop off. And I feel like we'll just, you know, excel more with our offense, with, with Keaton and how he plays and how he throws the ball. You had a huge game against Baylor last year. I think, well, me and I think a lot of people were yeah. thinking – Sky's the limit with this guy now after that Baylor game. Were you kind of thinking the same thing? You know, I always want to improve and, and you know, be able to, to show out, show up every game and, and play well. And, and after the Baylor game, I felt, you know, I could play at this level and, and, you know, make it far and hopefully play at the next level. And so every game I, I came in with that mentality and even going to the Big 12 this season with the better competition, I feel like I can excel and, and, and be one of the guys, you know, to help us win games and, and become a, a powerhouse. So There were struggles after that game. Yes. Was that mainly injury related? There were some injuries, um, but I just think playing, you know, at, the, at this level is, is every game you have to be ready. And when we came out at Oregon, you know, they were big, fast, strong, and, um, and it was you know, a challenge. And I think that um, after that game, I, I knew that I had to work on some things and, you know, to be able to compete every, every play and, and be the guy, you know, that they can trust and, and they can make plays every, every game, not just, not just one game. How healthy are you now? I feel awesome. Yeah, everything. Spring ball went really well. I was able to get a lot of reps and um, become, you know, get better. So feeling really healthy, ready to go. You said you had to work on some things after that Oregon game. What, can, can you tell us what you had to work on and if you feel like you've accomplished that yet? Yeah, just using my, using my body, using my strength to, to my, you know, instead of shying away from contact and stuff like that, being able to um, just be confident with press coverage and, and stuff like that. So I'm feeling a lot better, you know, this spring, being able to, to rep against some bigger, stronger, faster corners. Um, guys like Eddie and, and Jacob, and so it's been fun to to work on that and have confidence going into the Big 12. You did recapture a little bit of that magic, the Boise State game, also the Utah Tech game. You you had some good catches in there. Of course, Boise State maybe a little bit overlooked because some guy named Pukunakua had a really <laughs> good game. A, he had an awesome game, and that was a fun one. And and yeah, I was I was very happy for him and and where he's at now, and excited to see what what he does, you know, at the next level. You tweeted at the end of the season, uh, you were grateful to your Heavenly Father, your family, your teammates, coaches, for a special year, excited for year two. What do you think your biggest takeaway was from your first season playing major college football? I think the opportunity that we have at BYU to, and like I said in that in that post, I think, I'm thankful for my Heavenly Father and you know all glory to Him, and I want to be able to use my talents and my um, my abilities to to glorify him and be able to to spread the gospel and be a be a light be an example to all those around 
um, around me. And I feel like that that one that first year was was a great way to kind of set that foundation of now people are, you know, know who I am. They're looking at me and looking at BYU, and um, they want to see what kind of person I am and and be able to change lives and help. That do, you, way. do you feel a weight on you because of that? Because now people are paying attention to you a little bit more. I mean, it's something that I've always I've always wanted, and you know, I I feel like I thrive in, in pressure and in situations like that. So I love it. Well, you're a lot better than me. <laughs> uh, no Gunnar Romney, no mm-hmm. Puka this year. Yeah. Wide receivers are they thinking? Yeah, no problem. I yeah no we we definitely have filled have filled the role. I feel like with with Keanu and. Um, with Cody and, and some younger guys as well, and um, so I feel like there's no drop off at, at receiver, and we'll we'll perform this year. Tell me a little bit more about the strengths of some of your fellow receivers. Like, let, let's start off with Cody. Yeah, I think Cody's so elusive, and the way he plays the game and sees coverages, and he's just that next level mentality where he's coaching me up, you know, coaching everyone else up. You know, turn your body this way when you catch the ball, and those little little tiny things. Um, that he, how his mind works is, is pretty amazing, and then and Keanu just that big body being able to make plays, and he's always consistent. So, what, what about Hobbs Nyberg? Yeah, Hobbs has been awesome this spring, and it's been fun to see him excel his speed and how strong he is and how he moves. So, I don't think he'll just be a punt returner next year. We'll, we might see him on the field in offense. Other wide receivers who have just like been awesome for you guys so far in spring. I feel like Dom Henry really stepped it up, you know, this spring and. Um, was able to slow the game down and, and see the field and make a lot of plays this spring. Um, Parker has been injured a little bit, but he showed some sparks. Um, Co Eldridge and then some of the younger guys as well. All of them made some sparks, so it was fun to see. What do you think you need to do to be competitive in the Big 12 Conference, at least just even the wide receivers group? I feel like we need to be you know, the aggressors, come out every game physical, uh, whether it's blocking, running routes, um, we need to be the, you know, those big, strong, fast, you know, guys that that aren't easy to guard, you know, and just come out with that energy every game. I feel like that's what we'll what we'll do. You guys gonna have to put up a lot of points in uh, the new in the new conference because we'll these guys <laughs> these guys score a lot of points in the Big Twelve. No, it's true, and I and we plan on it. I mean, we plan on scoring as much as we can every time we get on the field. But I feel like our defense is is great this year, and and we might not have to do that, but but we'll see. We'll. We'll definitely put points on the board. Okay, and last question, probably the most important. Yeah. Um, long locks, short hair, what do you like better? Because I've seen you with both. <laughs> yeah, I had the long locks last year. I feel like this year we're going to go short hair, you know, more the buzz and um, and see see how that works out. If, if it doesn't, then I'll go back to the long locks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good to know. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you. Coming up, BYU Baseball's top home run hitter, Austin Deming, joins us to talk about overcoming injury and having his best season to date. This is Cougar Tailgate. Welcome back to Cougar Tailgate. I'm Lauren McLean alongside Cleon Wall. Joining us now is BYU Batcat star Austin Deming, who currently leads the team in hits and home runs with the best batting average. Austin, how's it going? Good. How are you doing? Really good. We're super excited to uh, have you on with us as the season winds down. You're a senior. This is your final home series this weekend. Can you believe that your BYU baseball career is coming to an end? Yes, and yes, and no. It's been it's been a <laughs> little bit of a long time coming with my with that COVID year, my sophomore year. So being mm-hmm. able to get that extra year this year was kind of up in the air. I feel a little bit going into last year, just not being too sure if. I was going to play this fifth year or kind of if I had a spot on the team. So it was a little bit up in the air, but it's it's crazy. It's winding down. 
what's this last weekend going to be like for you? I mean, the last time you're going to be able to play in front of home fans. Yeah, I think when I, I missed a few games throughout the year, earlier in the year, and just like one thing I did during those games was like I just looked up at the crowd a lot just because like I know I'll 100% miss baseball, but like it's all the little things like playing in front of a bunch of people that come out and watch and take time out of their lives to come and watch us and like being with group of guys that I love every single day like that I'm I'm gonna miss all aspects of it for sure but like just those little things like it's gonna be fun being able to play in front of the Cougar fans one last weekend what has been your favorite moment from the season there's been a lot of up and downs for sure but what would you say has been your favorite moment um oh man it's hard kind of hard to pinpoint one it definitely has been a little bit of a up and down year for us but I think on a kind of a personal level just coming back from I missed like nine games I think and just being able to get back out in the field and be with my brothers pretty much just that's kind of been a highlight and kind of a thankful point of my year that so far so not necessarily like a moment or like a game but just when I missed a few and then being able to not have to sit out too long and being able to get back out there and play. So you had an injury earlier this year which caused you to miss nine games kind of explain what it was that happened to you and and, and why you kind of had to sit out this time. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a, a weird injury. Just I, I kind of been dealing with it throughout the whole year, but then it kind of hit a point where like it wasn't like I couldn't, wasn't going to be able to help the team and play through it, so I needed some time off. It's just a little, it's a sports hernia, so it's a little bit of a weird injury, but it just kind of a lot of pain in kind of my like hip area, and it just got to the point where I needed to rest because there was a lot of aggravation, so I needed to just rest and just kind of let my – let my team win a few games, and then once I was good enough to be able to help out, then I knew I could get back out there. So I'm assuming it just made it really hard to run and even move, right? Yeah, unfortunately, pretty much sitting down hurt. So it was it was kind of oh. this, it got to the point where it was this constant pain all the time, and that's when I knew that I needed to take a few days off to kind of let it relax before I could get back out there. I know, I know you're not a doctor, nor do you play one on the baseball diamond, but usually when I hear hernia, I've had a hernia before, but it's been like in the abdomen area. Mm-hmm. H- how did it affect you? How did this hernia affect your hip? Yeah, it's it's weird. So mine's a little bit lower than the abdomen area, but it, it it's pretty much just kind of a constant pain, like right at my like waistline is how I would mm. explain it the cleanest way, but <laughs> kind of right at that waistline. It's just pretty much constant pain throughout the whole area is one is the point it got to where I knew I needed to kind of rest it and get some get it looked at well despite your injury this has been your best season (laughs) offensively you've batted over 400 you have 15 home runs what do you feel like has made the difference for you this season um honestly kind of having a good year last year like definite numbers wise this is a way better year than I had last year but like I said early on, going into last year, I wasn't too sure what like the, I'd be doing this year, whether it was baseball or school or work. I wasn't too sure. So kind of having a good year last year kind of got me ready to come back and do it again this year. What happened to your burgeoning pitching career, Austin? <laughs> I mean, I look back at your stats from 2019. You actually pitched seven innings of relief. You gave up one earned run. You had six strikeouts. Okay, you walk six batters too. What what happened that from 2019 to now 2023 where you're not pitching anymore? That, that's really funny. I haven't been asked about pitching in a 
few years, <laughs> but I, I did kind of come in as a two-way, but I kind of always felt like I was definitely a stronger hitter than a pitcher. And kind of that next year, so 2020, that next year, I feel like our pitching was just a lot more, there was a lot more guys in the bullpen, a lot more arms than my freshman year. So I think that's kind of why I threw a little bit that first year and not to throw myself under the bus, but a lot of those innings, we were either up a lot in those games or down a lot. So I kind of throwing myself under the bus a little bit. Yeah. You didn't need to tell us that. <laughs> do you, but do you, do you miss it at all? Do you ever wish they would call your number to go out on the mound again? Um, it was really hard being a position player and a pitcher. So mm. I do miss it, but I don't miss having to do both. I, I really like being able to focus on one, and I feel like it's really helped me the last two years, especially being able to just focus on hitting. Uh, let's expand on that just for a second, because there's a guy playing Major League Baseball right now <laughs> for the Los Angeles Angels, Shohei Otani, and amazingly, he's like an all-star at you know hitting and pitching. Mm-hmm. How much work do you have to put in for both to be so good at both of those positions. Yeah, he uh, he's definitely got some gifts, and he's definitely blessed in the physical aspect and his body type and all that, but I'm sure he, he's had to put in a ton of work, and it also helps him as well because he doesn't play a position, so like he just hits and then pitches, which I'm not saying that's any easier, but it I'm sure that helps a little bit, not having to do like defensive drills and kind of mm-hmm. on that side of the game, but he's a... He's one of a kind for sure. What 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 is it though that it, it's? I mean, how much extra work do you have to put in to be good at both those positions? Just even at the college level, because you you were able to experience that for yeah. one season. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's been a few years since I was kind of going through that. But I just remember, I remember I was your typical freshman. I was a little bit overwhelmed. Like I'm not too far from home, but I was definitely far enough where I was on my own, and I just was your typical freshman. I was get had a hard time with like the new lifestyle and a lot more work than I was expecting and a lot more work than in high school. So I, I was already overwhelmed with that. And then I pretty much just had to do like defense and hit and then go do work with the pitchers afterwards. So when everyone else that I had been at practice with for two hours was done, I had to go with the pitchers and do the work they were doing too. Mm, no, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> like I, like I said, it was hard. <laughs> Sounds like you have a better thing going on now. So uh, when the season winds down, do you have any plans of of what you want to do? If you want to continue baseball or or what are your plans after the season? Yeah, I I definitely want to continue baseball. And I'm hoping that my last two years, especially this year, kind of give me a shot. I just want to really just want a shot to see if I can keep playing. But that's kind of my goal as of now. So what? How do you give yourself a better shot? Now, I, I, what I mean by that is when it comes to the Major League Baseball draft and everything like that, what what kind of happens after the season's over with to get ready for that and to see if you know, you're know you one of those guys who could be draftable? Yeah, it, obviously it definitely helps knowing people and connections, but I don't really have that. So it's pretty much just putting the numbers up there and they there's there's like a saying like if you play if you're a good enough player and you put up the numbers like they'll find you and they'll want you to they'll give you a shot so like that's just always kind of been a goal that's been like a goal of mine my whole life is like I'm not like a big like lead by talking and like a big talker I just like to get out there and put my head down and work hard and it's been it's been paying off a little bit this year so it, it pretty much once the season's done whenever that may be it's just 
I'll, I'm going to get a little hernia surgery just to get me ready for the draft if that's in the cards, and then hopefully a team calls me. Mm. In your perfect world, if you could get drafted <laughs> by one team, which one would you pick? <laughs> um, preferably a West Coast team, but the Dodgers, if you want one team in yes. specific. <laughs> yes. I've got their hat on the right Dodgers. now. So. He does have a Dodgers hat on, so I knew how we would answer that question, Warren. <laughs> well, that's going to be awkward when it's not the Dodgers. Yeah. No, At the end of the day, it won't matter who it is if someone takes a shot on me, but in a perfect world, it'd be West Coast somewhere. You do have a Dodgers hat on. <laughs> why, why a Dodgers fan? Um, my family's always been a Dodgers fan, the Dodger fans, and kind of growing up, I wasn't honestly wasn't too big of a Dodger fan. I kind of liked to go against everyone <laughs> in my family. I, I was a big Yankees <laughs> fan growing up, and but once I kind of matured and got older, that's growing up. That's who we went to as games because in St. George, that's one of the closest teams yeah. to go to. So, uh, like a vacation for my family growing up would be like, all right, let's drive five hours to California and let's go watch a couple Dodger games. So. As I got as I got older, I like I I matured a little bit and realized that I should like them because that's who I watch the most. <laughs> <laughs> well, you liked the Dodgers growing up, but which player would you say that you looked up to the most as a kid? Who as a kid? Uh, this is a tough one because as a kid, I really liked Alex Rodriguez, but he's a little bit of a little bit of a cheater. But when I was a <laughs> when I was a little kid, I loved him and loved watching him. But now I I like watching Mike Trout. I feel like that's a little bit of a better pick. He's He's known as a pretty good guy. So, throughout your time at BYU, what's what's been the most important thing that you've learned since you've been here? And it and it doesn't necessarily have to be anything about baseball, or or it could be about baseball. What do you think is the most important thing that you've learned since you've been here at BYU? Ooh, um, that's a good question. I think I think kind of something that really helped me a lot was the COVID year because that was only my second year here and I lost that baseball season and at the time I didn't we didn't think anyone was going to get them back we thought they were just going to burn that year so I think just a lot of maturing in all aspects and like I've really I really matured a lot and like I've gotten a lot tougher mentally and just like realized like I've always like I kind of mentioned like I've always had a big emphasis in my life on like putting my head down and hard work so I think just kind of doing the work for myself and knowing that like I need to have confidence in myself and not necessarily for baseball, just all aspects of life and being tough and being able to do the work on my own. You mentioned that you matured and and five years will definitely do that to you. If you could go back and tell yourself something (laughs) before you came to BYU, what would have been? (laughs) Um, that's a good question. I think just, Hmm. Probably, I'd probably go. It can be nothing. No, I mean, there's probably a million things I could have told 18 year old Austin (laughs) his first fall here. But no, I think just if I could have prepared myself a little bit better of how big of a difference it would have been from like high school and living at my parents' house my whole life. Like, I think I just would have prepared myself mentally a little bit better for how big of a difference it would have been. But like I said, like, COVID was a little bit of a blessing in disguise for me that just gave me that extra time to mature here. We're talking to Austin Deming from the BYU baseball team. Austin, we're super excited for your last weekend uh, at Miller Park, and we wish you the best of luck, and thank you so much for taking time with us. Thanks for having me.
And that does it for us today. Thanks again to Chase Roberts and Austin Deming for coming on the show with us. Cougar Tailgate is going to be taking a break for a couple of weeks, but you can join the Cougar Tailgate wherever you get your podcasts on Apple, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or on BYUradio.org. Cougar Tailgate is a production of BYU Radio.